This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. He knew what was going on. The reunion with Emily, well, for those of you who've got daughters and they're away from home, it was just amazing. I'm going to well up now, so excuse me. <laughs> but it was just so good to see her again. Um, while we were there, I'm, I learned a bit more about the Cambodian history. And one thing that I didn't know as I grew up was about the Pol Pot regime and the Khmer Rouge. And... As I grew up, I thought I didn't learn anything about this in school. And to read the book and to learn a bit more about the history, it just took my breath away. I thought, wow, I said the Cambodians were killing Cambodians. It was the people against the people. We went to the killing fields and saw things that just broke our hearts. And we thought, if we are seeing this and it's broken our hearts, what has God seen? And it breaks his heart. And... It was really a real big eye-opener. And the Cambodian people, they have—they are such lovely, lovely people. They took our hearts. Um, but also I could see, I thought, in their eyes, it happened when I was eight or nine years old. So those people there, they're in there coming up to 50, mid-50s, 60s, those who survived that, the horrors that they saw, the secrets that they must be, I could see in their eyes some, some sadness and brokenness. But God is a healer. God is a healer, and he loves those people so much. And there's an amazing work going on in Cambodia. Um, we spent time, a lot of time with David and Esther and the amazing work that they're doing. We went to, um, I went to Be Free. It's where the, the ladies there that have been rescued from trafficking, and they're, they're brought into Be Free. Um, they, they do devotions. They make crafts. They earn a living. They're helped to reintegrate into society because of the horrors that they've been through. And often it's not of their own fault. Um, Davy was telling us that there was a grandmother that actually approached him at one point and said, I will give you my eight-year-old granddaughter because they need the money. They need the money to live. They need the, the food to buy food. And they were trying to say that, but with be free in the churches out there. They're actually helping them to say, look, we can give your, your children an education. And that's why Emily went down there, is to, to actually teach English. And she teaches English to the ladies in Be Free, and she's been giving English lessons um, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays in the evenings. It's open to everybody who can walk past and they can go in. And, but it, it's not easy. Um, Emily, she's been taken out of her comfort zone. Uh, I want to really, really thank you for your prayers. I really pray, please continue to pray for her. She's had health issues for quite a while, but she is where God wants her. She is in God's plan, and pray that God will fulfill his purpose in her while she's, she's out there. She's out there until the 11th of January, and back on the island on the 18th. Um, we often went to eat in a place called Jars of Clay, and it was a lovely, lovely place. It was so welcoming, and the, their mission is to help people who come into the restaurant or cafe to know Jesus' love, Jesus' care, and his grace. And it's a place where there's families that are working in this restaurant, and they're preparing the meals, and they're also helping people to make a living. So we knew that when we were going there to eat our meals, which was absolutely delicious... Um, we knew that their money wasn't going into the profits, like with KFC and McDonald's. They're making big profits. But the food that you pay for the meals was actually paying for ingredients. It was paying for families to, to live out there. 
Um, and it was pretty amazing. There was also a cupcake shop called Bloom with amazing cupcakes. And all the girls that worked behind the counter had been rescued from trafficking. Um, there's a lot of um, charities out there, assistance, and the people's, people we met, we were just so touched. There was a lady comes out every single year in our hotel, swimming in the swimming pool, and she said, oh, I'm a missionary from London, and she has contacts with Guernsey. And there was another, tall, we saw a tall man, and I thought, I'm sure he's a, he's a pastor of some sort, and he was, he was a pastor from America, comes out every year. So that the work, there's a lot of work going on there, and it's really touching to see what God is doing um, there was one lady that really touched me in particular um, Lydia might remember her she's from the Russian market and um, the Russian market is not like a market as we know it it's like maybe the size of a football pitch but it's completely covered and inside it's like a maze and it's dark it's claustrophobic and with the heat outside you're in there thinking oh my word where's the way out um but people have maybe two square meters three square meters of area where they can sell their their things and it could be clothes it could be gifts it could be food it's bicycle parts car parts and when this particular lady when i met her um her face is all disfigured and she had oil hot boiling oil thrown over her face um, for Cambodians, that is a sign that you have committed adultery. But she hasn't. She has not committed adultery. What she has is her faith in the Lord. She has become a Christian, and her husband's very abusive. And he thought, no. And he, he beats her up. She can't go to church. But she's a lady. You go there, you get hugs. She smiles at you. She's such a blessing. And it's so, I've got so many people I could mention out there, but it was just... This particular lady really just touched my heart. And she will keep praising God. She will keep serving God. Even though she can't go to church, she will keep him in, she's in, in his heart. Um, so what can you say about, about someone like that? It was just amazing to be touched by that. Um, finally, just keep praying for Emily. Just thank you for everything you do for her. And I'll just finish on one quote because I know we've got a few minutes and I know Simon's got two pages and I've only got about seven lines but this really really touched me keep going the most difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations and like we experienced last night as well the massive storm look at look at the beauty this morning God is with us in the middle of the storm and it's just amazing that we're in God's hands and yeah we're blessed amazing Good morning, everyone. Just wanted to share with you, uh, with Maria as well. You staying with me? Um, as we were worshipping this morning, a, a, a real sort of sense of God's word came, and it was calm the tempest within me. And I thought, yeah, calm the tempest within me. So here we are. I just wanted to share with you today a little bit about the adventures that I had with the boys and uh, I'll, I'll go for them as quick as I can. Um, we were on trucks going out to the villages, and one of the things I didn't expect was to get stuck in mud. So we ended up having the villagers and the lads and the boys from all over the place helping us to get out of the mud. So that was a, a bit of an experience in the blazing heat. So just wanted to share with you that if you ever go out in a truck in the villages, in the mud, expect something like that. Um, Davey's a great driver but also he, he likes to go over the potholes as quickly as he can, which was a bit of a, a shocker for me because I'm on holiday, eh? you know, on leisure, leisurely, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what he didn't realize is, is that we had a load of villagers running after us, and what happened is that he pulled down an electricity cable with his truck, and it, what it was, it was low, and it pulled it right down. So there we were in the middle of nowhere. I think it was in a place called Kep, but I'm not quite good in my locations. And we basically was like putting it back up again. And there we were, live wires with little gaps in them, you know. And I'm, I'm there with a bamboo stick, sort of pushing them back up. So anyway, that was quite an adventure. So we eventually got it up for the, for the village. And then, of course, on my travels, I, I was in my, with my sun cream, my glasses, and all that kind of stuff. And I kept saying to Davey, I'm on holiday. 
I'm on holiday. What, what, what am I doing like this? What am I doing these things for? And um, God really spoke to me. He said, you're on mission, Simon. You're always on mission. Every one of us is on mission. And that changed my thinking. It, I just left that holiday thinking behind. And I thought, the Lord's right. I'm in, I'm in mission. I've no idea about mission, but I'm in it. So anyway, we went to a place called Cap, which was a, a potential church plant. And we were going to meet some of the locals. And there's a, a little, uh, right in front of the river. I, I, I see, it's not a river, sorry. And there was a little uh, sort of um, monument, and it's called the Holy Crab. And it, it's, it is a crab, but they call it the Holy Crab. And we were, I just found that sort of funny that only in Cambodia could there be things like that, you know, the Holy Crab. So anyway, we um, ended up meeting Further, I think his name is, and his family. And he took me around his bamboo home, which was so basic. And I said to him, you know, what do you, how do you live here? And it just gave me an insight to how the locals live compared to how I live, in a sense. So that was a bit of an eye-opener. And, of course, the funny thing about the lads that I'm with is that I'm now their daddy. I've now been, a, I've now been called their daddy. And Davey, Davey's a bit of a joker, by the way. He's a bit of a comedian. And um, I've, made, I've adopted three sons. Called, one's called Sirach, Fissel, and Dren. Now, of course, this is okay when you're in the, in the, in the, in traveling together. But when they say, hi, daddy, in front of everybody, I'm stood there thinking, you know, you've got to calm down, lads. You know, I'm not, I'm not your daddy. Honestly, I'm not your daddy. But it, it's funny. And they still call me daddy. Even when I talk to them on uh, Facebook, on uh, Messenger, they still call me daddy. So that stuck, I'm afraid, with me. Anyway, um... While we're out on our travels, we had to go to the Office of, uh, Mission, uh, Office of Religion and Cult. That's what they call it. And I found myself sitting outside witnessing to a monk. And we were talking about Jesus being the living stone, which is in 1 Peter 2, 4. So, of course, always be prepared in any season to witness wherever you may be. That's, that is from my heart. Now, the Phnom Penh traffic, wow. I tell you what, I've never seen traffic like that. Bikes anywhere, like swarms of ants. And how you get through it is a miracle, seriously a miracle. And we thought to ourselves, if we ever lived out here, I don't know how we would get about, because it's crazy, isn't it? But it's a great way of life, because they're so free. And, you know, I never saw one person with road rage. That really struck a chord with me. And of course, Emily, her amazing work, and she was our personal tour guide. She was on our tuk-tuk with her Google map, and she was saying, and she was literally following it and telling the driver where to go. So we found that quite funny, eh? You know, that she was doing that for us, bless her. But Emily is, is an, a soldier out there. You know, she has faced so many things, and I think we've underestimated what conditions and, and for also the ferocity of the spiritual warfare that goes on in Cambodia. I felt it, Maria felt it, and it was so, so heavy. But anyway, you know, God is the light, isn't he, in darkness? And that's important to, to, you know, to hold into your heart. Of course, um, Sirach loves to take us to his villages, because Pastor Sirach is in his 20s, eh? And um, he took us to his own village, and there was a preacher there with a withered hand. And as he was preaching, I didn't really get much of the sermon because it was very kind of broken, and also the translation was in between. But anyway, as he was preaching, God prompted me about something about this man's life. And it was in Mark 3, 3 to 5, and how Jesus healed him despite great opposition. I shared that prophetic word with Davy, and this was the word, God desires a healing ministry in Cambodia. Now, I know it's an obvious one to, to many of us. Maybe look around you and say, of course, there's healing required here. But you know what? Maria mentioned the tall man from America. And I got to friend, be friends with him. And I asked him what he was doing here. And he said, we are on a healing ministry. And that was a day after, wasn't it? So that kind of confirmed to me that what I heard in that sermon was God speaking to my heart.
So anyway, we met the families and the children. They had the best burger joint you could ever visit called Carl Jr.'s. And if you love your burgers, and I do, go there because it's fantastic. I tried golf and you get your own caddy. But the thing is, I was absolutely hopeless at it. I found the water more than the greens. But also, I had a caddy that didn't speak a word of English. So I was just pointing at my golf clubs, whatever I was going to use. So I found that, you know, quite a, quite a funny thing. Uh, Maria's mentioned jars of clay. Yeah, okay, I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting there. Jars of clay. Now, they sell the best lasagna, but obviously my wife's is the best. So I, I got myself out of trouble with that one. The floods, always, the floods were just floods, wasn't they, Maria? Absolute floods. I think Maria mentioned about the killing fields and the genocide museum. We did meet a survivor from the camp, which was a, a poignant moment for us. It really touched home what those people went through. Uh, we visited Siam Reap, which uh, we stayed at a, a lovely hotel. We did the Anchor Tour, uh, Anchor Wat Tour, and uh, we had breakfast on a boat, which was a a complete experience, and Emily's elephants. Emily loves elephants, so we, we, we got near them. Ice cream is amazing. Swenson's, Swiss, I think. Anyway, the, some of the key points that I felt while we were there that I was learning was equipping the saints. Uh, we are God's workers, and you and me can go. And... I don't know if you like um, quotes from different characters uh, in books, but I like Oswald Chambers and Smith Wigglesworth. As he said once, so many people want to do great things and be seen doing them, but the one God will use is the one who is willing to be told what to do. And you and I will never do anything without compassion. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was great. Thank you so much. I want to welcome Steve. Steve's going to bring the word to us. Uh, just those, those of you who don't know Steve, Steve was, uh, up until recently, pastor of Vazan Elam Church. He's just recently retired, but we just welcome him. It's great to see you, Steve. We're looking forward to you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's welcome this morning. Praise the Lord. I think, first of all, we need to pray for Cambodia. Yeah? And that's what God's doing out there and for Emma, and she's working hard. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, that, that wherever we are in the world, you are there. And you're there in Cambodia, you're doing a work that, uh, through the lives of people that nobody else can do. And that those who are working in, on behalf of missions in Elam, and they're there, we pray, Father God, that you would just undertake and that you will bless them immensely. That you hold them safe, Lord. That their health will remain strong. And that, Lord, that they may know mighty power of God in every way. And that, Lord, that there will be many that will be healed. And I pray for that pastor that was mentioned in his hand. That's a little bit of funny. But I pray, Lord, that you heal him. So the next time we'll have a report saying his hand is great. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let's turn, turn with me, please, to Acts chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, Acts chapter 3. I'm just going to read a few verses from verse 11. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. I'm going to re- share a little thought this morning on something that you all know, but do you really know? That sounds good, doesn't it? Intrigued? We'll find out in a minute what it is, shall we? Verse 11 says this. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called uh, Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently on us as though by our own power or goodness, godliness, we made uh, this man walk? The God of Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and... (coughs) You denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the prince of life. Praise God. Whom God raised from the dead and his name through his faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You know, brethren, I know that you did in ignorance as did also your rulers. And those things which God foretold by the mouth of the prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has been, or it has been fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the time of refreshing may come from the the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I want to talk this morning on that little word which says, repent, or repentance as a whole. Because I believe that many of us, uh, this, this is a great word, but many of us don't really understand the fullness of that word repentance. We think we do. We're sure that we do. But I'm sure that as we go through this morning, just very quickly, because time is going on, I believe, um, that we'll get an, a deeper understanding of repentance. You know, a few years ago in America, uh, a young university student put up a petition to ban the substance of dihydrogen monoxide, statements of its dangers on the, the, the form. He said there will be excess corrosion, there will be com- it's a component of acid rain, it causes serious burns in its gaseous state, and even fatal if indigested in large quantities. And within an hour, there were 50 names signed up to, as a petition. And it sounded, because it sounded very dangerous, does this dehydrogen monoxide. But no one who signed it really understood, knew what it was all, what it really was. Do you understand what it is? It's something that we all need. It's water. It's water. See, one of the greatest words that we find in the Bible is that we need to repent, or repentance. It's a word that is not very popular today, but we often see it as in the Bible. Jesus particularly kept on saying that we need to be a people that repented from our wrongs. And not only that, the New Testament writers, in particular Peter, Yet his word, this word is a vital part of the gospel. It's one of the most important elements of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm sure most of you here this morning know Jesus as your personal saviour. Is that not true? You've repented from your sins. But you know, it's a part of John Baptist's message was this. Repent and believe for the remission of your sins. Mark 1 verse 4. You see, also in Luke 1 verse 13 and 5, Jesus told the people, unless you repent, you will all perish. And we know that we don't want to perish, but we want to have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Mark 6 verse 12, Jesus sent out the the 12 disciples and a few others with them, and they went out two by two. And as they went out, they were told, and this is what they did, they went out and preach that the people should repent. Such is the importance of repentance. 
See, on the day of Pentecost, where we just looked at, at now, Peter spoke with, uh, in response to the events that have happened that day. And he said in Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Repentance is important. But before we look at what repentance is, I'm going to have to go through what it isn't. Because some of the things you might think that it is, isn't actually repentance. See, repentance isn't simply confession. Where you confess Christ is your saviour. That's not repentance. You see, repentance may involve confession, but it's not that on its own. You see, we see the confession simply means to admit to doing something wrong. And often we can admit to doing something wrong, but we don't do nothing about it, which means we've not repented of what the wrong that we've done. It doesn't bring repentance, it just brings a confession. All right, maybe I was wrong. And that was it. You see, confession, though, is scriptural. And it also has its place. But it isn't repentance. The second thing that repentance isn't, is that it isn't conviction. You see, conviction is an important part of salvation, but it is, again, not repentance. See, conviction means to be pricked in your heart by being made aware of your wrongdoing. That's the conviction. Some of us get convictions when we see things on the telly and uh, we're convicted and so we give. Maybe you watched um, Children in Need over the weekend and it may be something that was said, something that was done amongst all the palavra that goes on that you felt that you had were convicted and had to give to children in need. That's what conviction literally means. It means to be pricked in your heart, to be made aware of your wrongdoing in relation with Christ. See, there are many people who are aware of their sin and have never fully repented. They may have been convicted, they may have been touched, but they've never fully repented. And if we turn to Mark chapter 24, like to follow me, Mark 24, no, sorry, Acts 24, going ahead of myself here, Acts 24, just going to read two verses, but it's important for us to realise, verse 24 says this, and after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith of Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, as he reasoned with himself about self-control and judgment to come, Felix was afraid. And he answered, Go away for now, for when I have a convenient time, I will call for you. You see, he got pricked. There was conviction. But he wasn't willing to repent. And so conviction is not repentance. Being sorrowful is not also, it's also not repentance. People sometimes, they hear things and they, it brings them to that place where they may weep and be sorrowful when they hear the gospel message. But that isn't repentance. And if you want to turn to 2 Corinthians 7, verse 9 to 10, I'm not going to read that now, but it says there that we need to repent. Sorrow leads to repentance. See, conviction of sin may cause sorrow, but repentance actually goes a lot deeper within. It's not only something that's shown on the outward, but repentance actually is a, something that acts from within us. See, repentance isn't sorrow. But you know, repentance isn't also a hatred of sin. You see, it's possible to hate doing wrong, but still feel powerless or unmotivated to change the wrong that you are doing. And maybe some of us here today 
are in a position where we know we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing because of what God tells us, but we don't have that hatred of sin that we should have. But lastly, it is promising to be better. It is not actually repentance. We can all promise to do better. We can always do this better, that better. But if you turn with me to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to read a couple of verses there. 15 verse 18 and 19. It's a great story, this, of the prodigal son. The one who went away. The one of his inheritance. So he went to a different country. He went and he enjoyed himself. And then there came a famine and he lost all that he had. And during the midst of losing all that he had, he couldn't eat nothing except for the pots that he could have of the pigs. And here in verse 18 and 19 it says this. I will arise and go to my father, he said. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So make me one of your hired servants. See, he sat there and he thought about where he was and realised that where his father was is probably more abundance because his dad was more acute and tuned to what was taking place. And so he sat there and he thought about it and he says, I'm going to promise to go home. But you know, that doesn't bring repentance. See, the prodigal son sat probably on a rock amongst these pigs around him and without his, and he was thinking about his situation and he promised to himself what he would do. But you know, eventually, we see that not only did he promise, but he actually went. Because verse 20 says this, and he arose and came to his father. See, his, his repentance begins when he moves from just promise into action. He promised himself, if I go home, I know I'll be all right, even if I was a servant of my father. But he said, but not only did he say it, and thought about it, he got up, left the pigs, and went home to his father. And that's where repentance begins, when he he began to move upon that which he is sought after. You see, repentance is basically fourfold. There are four things of repentance that maybe we need to understand. And the first thing that I want to share with you is that repentance is actually a change, but it's a change of mind. There's a choice that you have to make to change in your thinking. It is an intellectual change. You decide if you want to be a person who holds repentance. See, it's a change of mind and intellect. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 uh, onwards, it says this. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. But he answered, no, I will not go. But afterwards, he regretted what he said. And so he went into the vineyard and worked for his father. Likewise, then he came to the second and said the same thing. And he said, and he answered and said, I go, sir. But I did not go. He did not go. And so which of the two did what is the will of his father? We all know it's the first one. Because he had a change of mind and he went. The second son had a change of mind, but he didn't go. First one had a change of mind and he went. And they said to him, the first, and Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you, 
the tax collectors, the harlots, enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in a way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterwards relent and believe him. You see, how many of us can say that we've had a change of mind? When we came to know Christ as our personal saviour, there had to be a change of mind. There had to be that change. There had to be an intellect to realise that we had to do it. See, this means that repentance starts with a change of our thinking. Which are thinking about sin. It changes your thinking about Jesus. It's a change of thinking about God's kingdom. It's a change of thinking about our relationship with towards these things. But it's also about a change of conduct and lifestyle. You see, when we come to know Jesus as our personal saviour, as an intellectual change, we do things differently. You see, but not only as it, is it an intellectual change, it's also an emotional change. You see, it's a change of heart, which brings into our emotional uh, side of our lives. You see, the way that we feel about our sin, the way that we feel about the things that we do wrong, it will, or it should, change if we're truly repentant. You see, David said in Psalm 38, verse 18, I will declare my iniquities and I will be in anguish over my sin. The New Living Translation makes it a little bit more plain. And he says, I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. There's an intellectual change, but an emotional change there. See, repentance will cause us to hold up our hands to the sin that is in our lives and not to excuse that which we used to do any longer. That's the change. Too often people are not so much sorry for their sin, but are sorry that they've been caught out. The trouble is, we don't understand and realise, or maybe we do, that Jesus, or God, sees everything. If we don't repent and have a change of heart, an emotional change, do you know what will happen? He holds it against us. You know, we're looking as a church, I know, to have a greater and deeper uh, influence with God. We want to see God work greatly. We want to see his power running through the whole of our assembly. We want to see God do mighty things, do we not? But maybe we need to repent of something to be able to let that come around. You know, for us sometimes as Christians, it is better to be found out because God's discipline is better than the consequences of sin. Yes, it can be painful. Yes, it can be uncomfortable. Yes, it can be embarrassing and sometimes humiliating. But it's best to, in, to be open about it and receive the forgiveness of God. But no, that doesn't mean that it has to be open to the whole world. The world doesn't need to know. In fact, our neighbour doesn't need to know. But God needs to know that you truly are sorry. But God wants to free us from guilt. He wants to free us from the imprisonment that the wrong in our lives brings. It always holds us back. See, James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God wants to ensure. He wants you healed completely. And that might mean bringing repentance. The third uh, thing is that we need to have a change of direction. That means there's a willful change in our lives. Repentance is turning from sin and going towards God. You see, Psalm 119 verse 59 says, he said that I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. 
You know, we've got to follow God's law. It means we have to turn. You see, Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him for he will abundantly pardon. God, our God, is it abundantly pardoning God. And he wants to pardon us all. In other words, he wants to totally forgive us and forget completely. Ezekiel 18, verse 30, it says, Lord, the Lord says, Retent and turn from your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. And too often we go into sin or do things wrong and we find that it ruins part of our lives. And it's all because we've not repented. And so there's a willful change. A guy called D.L. Moody, he said this, Man is born with his back towards God. But when he truly repents, he turns right around and faces God. If you want to see God, that might mean you have to repent. You have to make that turn around. And it has to be a willful decision on your part and mine. If I, you know, if I was travelling from Exeter to Bristol, say, and I'd go along, driving along the dual carriageway motorway, whatever you want to call it, and eventually I found a sign which says, Plymouth, 10 miles. Mm. Do you think I would have known that I was going the wrong way? Yeah. Some people, though, would still go the same direction. But, you know, if I want to get to Bristol, I've got to make a whole U-turn to go into the right direction, to enjoy that which I was going up to Bristol for. I have to go in the opposite direction to get where I needed. See, repentance means to simply not keep going in the way that you were going, but to just simply turn around and go in the way that God wants me to go. Go in the opposite direction. It makes walking away from selfish and ungodly desires. It means following godly purposes and principles. But that has to be a willful choice on our part. And lastly, repentance is also a change of conduct. means there's a moral change that happens within us. See, repentance is a change of lifestyle, but it's also a change of our actions. It's seen in what we do. It's about being different than we were before. There being so, instead of being slightly miserable, we can be happy. Because we've chosen to do it. Because of what Christ has done for us. You see, Jesus spoke about the kingdom values and his actions in the true believer and his servant on the mount. If you want to see that, well, you can read Matthew 5, 6 and 7. And you get the understanding that those, if you want to be blessed of what you need to do, in Luke 19, verse 8 and 9, this is an occasion when Zacchaeus, and I thought we all know the song, Zacchaeus was a very little boy, and a very little boy was he, he climbed up into the sycamore tree for the saviour he wanted to see. And he did that, and Jesus still saw him and said, come down, because I'm going to go to your house for tea. And so they had tea together. And it would be nice having tea with Jesus. One day we will. But you know, he took him for tea, told him of all his sins and all his wrongs. And this is what Zacchaeus said. Zacchaeus, he stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. You see, he decided that what he did was wrong. He was a very wealthy man, but now he was half as wealthy. And yet there was still money left so that when those he cheated, he could pay back the taxes, the extra taxes. Acts 16, verse 31 uh, says this, 34. Acts 16 says this. And Jesus said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. This is the, uh, the jailer. 
Remember the jailer that was in the jail and there was a fundus uh, uh, earthquake and everything was broken down but everybody was praising the Lord. Why? Because they were safe. And he took them and this is he took them into his house that night, that hour. He washed their stripes. That which was forced upon them by the guards. He washed them. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Praise God. Because there was a change of heart. There was a change, a moral change in this guy. Instead of telling them off and whipping them, he brought comfort to them. See, however important, however, an important point to make is that repentance is not actually just simply picking one or two of those elements. Repentance involves all four principles, all four of those elements together. Repentance is a quartet. There has to be a change of mind. There has to be a change of thinking. There has to be a change of our hearts, a change of our direction, a change of our lifestyle. And that brings repentance. That brings the fullness of forgiveness into our lives. And you might say, well, all those things may be a little bit impossible all at once. But the truth is that when we turn to God, He turns to us. And when He turns to us, He enables us to do all of these things by the power of His Holy Spirit. You know, we need to be a people constantly of repentance. Because there is results. There are great results of repentance and time doesn't give me to share them. But just quickly go for it. The five things. Forgiveness is a result of repentance. See that in Acts 2, 38. Restoration is also a result of repentance. In Jeremiah 15, verse 19. The knowledge of the truth and the escape from the snares of the enemy is also a benefit of being repentant. But there's also those times of refreshing. We see that in Acts 3, verse 19. But you know, for you and for me, if we're truly repentant, there's going to be a party in heaven. You know, there's a party in heaven every time a sinner comes to know Christ. It's the same. It says that everyone in heaven rejoices from that one sinner. You know that 99, those 99 sheep that were in the fold? They were there. They were bowing along, as it were, constantly. And that one that was on its own was in trouble. And yet, you could say a full repentance took place because they came back to where he needed to be, under the arms of Jesus. Friends, you may need to be truly repentant to see the blessings of God, to see him help us to move on and to move into a different aspects of life. We need to be repentant. Shall we pray? Yeah. Oh, we praise you, God. Father, it's just one word, is repentance. It's just one word to say that we need to repent and believe. Just one word, Lord, to say that we need to repent and accept forgiveness. Lord, look in our hearts right now. Has there been an emotional change in our hearts? Has there been an electrical change? Has there been a willful change? Has there been that moral change? Father, just ask that you look deep into our hearts right now. Maybe there are things that we do, we know what we shouldn't do, and we need to offer it up to you. Whether there are things, Lord, that we constantly say, but know that we should be saying that. Maybe we're quick to speak, and yet where we shouldn't be. 
And we need that forgiveness. We need to repent of those things and choose to change. Lord, help us. Your your prayer to us that you taught us to teach or you taught us says this. I will forgive those and I'll forgive you as you forgive others. Maybe there are people here that aren't repentant of what others have done for them. And they need to be repent they need repentance. And maybe things have happened in the past and you still haven't forgive, forgiven yourself and you need to turn and be repentant. Maybe there are just things that are happening in life. All you need to do is to turn and repent. Oh, hallelujah. And as we sing our, our final song, if you would like prayer this morning, I encourage you just to come forward and someone will pray with you. Someone will pray. Whether it's for repentance, whether it was for uh, just some healing or some touch that you feel that you need, then feel free to come forward. And we will pray God's blessing upon your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Healing Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyhealing.co.uk.